Welcome to the Food Peace Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started. Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to another episode of Food Peace Please podcast. Susan and Serena here today, and we are going to be chatting all about how to make better decisions around food. So super excited to dive into this topic. The answer is probably not what you think it is. And, but you know, at the beginning of this podcast, we always talk about what's new. So Serena, what is new? Uh, What is new with me is that I um, got back from my honeymoon three days ago in Aruba. So that was so much fun. Um, I, we have a roof deck here. So I bought us like a a baby pool and I'm going to call it Arufa from this day forward. Um, because I loved it so much, but Aruba was great. Um, like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. The water there is insanely like incredible. And we went swimming in a natural pool. We went parasailing. Um, it was just like so, so beautiful and like the perfect place to vacation. So cannot recommend Aruba enough if you have like a vacation coming up. Um, and yeah, honeymooning was was wonderful. I feel very um like restored. Like I feel really I actually this could be interesting. Um I haven't run in 10 days and I think I was I can't remember if I told you this Susan, but it was because like I like planning a wedding is incredibly stressful and I felt like I was going nuts like those last few weeks before the wedding. And then I also have a a very sick parent and so I've been taking care of of her um and I just realized when I got to Aruba I had brought my running shoes like planning to to run um and I got there and I was like I am not ready to like have that adrenaline rush. Like I wanted to float in the pool and like take naps and like go on walks. And so, so I just kind of didn't have this intention of not running. Like I had brought my running shoes. Um, and I just day after day was like, this doesn't feel good for me right now. Like I just want to like relax. And, um, even when we got home three days ago, I was like, I still feel really tired. And, I, you know, I actually today I woke up and I was like, I'm kind of getting the itch to go running again. So like I'll probably go in the next few days here. But like it's been really nice to give my nervous system like a break from like all crazy stress, like planning the wedding. I've kind of taken a step back, like given my sisters some of the the parent duties and um, to even not run. It's just felt like really nice to like lean into that. So yeah, it's been like a really restorative 10 days. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes your nervous system really needs that. Like take it totally down. Exactly. Take off the pressure. Exactly. So what is new with you over there? Are you taking down the pressure a few notches? (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to. (laughs) Um, I – so 
I guess the exciting news over here is that my course, Fertility Nutrition Academy, launched uh, last week and I opened doors to the wait list and we are going to be opening up to um, more people more publicly in the coming days. Um, but uh, it's just exciting to kind of like have it completed and like ready for people. So we have a few inside um, and we're just excited to continue to like figure out um, kind of like just the logistics. So that way I just want to make sure that like the right people are finding this program um, because if you are someone that is on the fertility journey and you're just really stuck and tired of the whole like eat this, not that thing, the restrictive diet mentality, and you want to be able to just like support your fertility and live your life. That's exactly who this course is for. So I'm working on like some tweaks uh, to kind of get that marketed to everyone, but excited to just have it ready and out there. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun. It honestly kind of sounds like less, less of like a nervous system relax for you, but more so for the people that enroll in the course, because I'm sure as soon as they like start to let go of some of that perfectionism and control around trying to get pregnant, that's going to help their, their nervous system a whole lot. I'm sure all the marketing is not helping your nervous system, but that's okay, guys. We, we love what we do. So it's okay that we have to get a little stimulated during launches. (laughs) Yeah. My CNS is a little activated, but But we're going to work on taking her down a notch and like just getting things straightened out, hopefully, really soon, I'm hoping. Woohoo, I'm excited. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into this topic around like how to make better food choices or how to make food choices. Um, Because I think that probably what you're thinking when you hear this topic is like, oh, yes, like how do I make the choice to always choose fruits and vegetables over like a cookie or chips? Like I just – I know that that's what you're thinking. Like how do I like do that? Like is that what I'm going to do if I become an intuitive eater? Like if I become an intuitive eater, does that mean I will always choose fruits and vegetables or, you know, over – like chips and cookies and everything else? And the answer is no, you Mm -hmm. will not. There are times where eating fruits and vegetables does not sound good. And I have experienced that. I experienced that like often. And so in a time when that doesn't sound good, then like those are not the right options. Do you want to add anything to that, Serena? Yeah. Like I think the thing that pops out to me when I – like when we discussed creating this as a topic, making better decisions around food, is there's this like um, part of intuitive eating called body food congruence. And so what I at this point in our in our intuitive eating journey is it's been years and years now, I feel like I have a really good understanding of how eating certain foods makes my body feel and how honoring certain cravings makes me feel. So, you know, I always I always say this to my clients. I'm like, imagine if like you're in the mood for pizza and, you know, you come home from work and your partner has a delicious hot pizza waiting for you. Like, how does that pizza taste? And I'm sure you're sitting there and you're like, it's the best food ever, right? It's exactly what you're in the mood for. But if you walk in the door and like, 
you know, you really wanted pizza, but your partner has made you like chicken chop salad, like sure, maybe chicken chop salad's yummy, but like it just is not the same, right? Like even if you like it, even if it's like yummy and satisfying and makes you full, it's not the same experience as like eating the food you're in the mood for. And so I think when I'm hearing how do you make a better decision around food, it really all stems from having that unconditional permission to eat anything and everything you want whenever you want, which sounds really terrifying to those of you who are not on this intuitive eating journey yet. But like that's how you get to this place where now I have this very strong body food congruence where if I'm in the mood for something, I eat it, it hits the spot, I stop eating it when I'm full and I move on with my life. And sometimes it's hamburger and sometimes it's kale, but like ultimately – food always just feels so good. Like food feels like a big hug to eat. Like it just gives me energy. It feels, I don't know. Like I have, like I get so excited to talk about food because it makes me feel so good. Yeah. And I think when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the fact that like a lot of times what like you might do when you're dieting or just like stuck in like the wellness mentality is like you might crave something or you might want something like pizza, for example. And then you tell yourself that you can't have that, you know, like that's like a restricted food. So whether it's not allowed on your diet or you just feel like it's not healthy. So you tell yourself you can't have that and you essentially force yourself to eat something else. And that like restrictive mentality around food causes you to honestly think about food more and to specifically think about that food more because you're not honoring the craving and so you're not feeling satisfied. It doesn't matter what you eat. You're not going to feel satisfied. Now, the difference I would say is like, yes, every time you eat, is it going to be like 100% satisfying? It's exactly what you want. No, that's not true. That's not realistic. But when you are an intuitive eater and you allow yourself that full permission, you know that even if this meal isn't that satisfying because it's not exactly what you want, you know that you can eat pizza again. It's that like black and white mentality of like, I can never eat pizza again that then creates significant amounts of cravings. And then when you do eat it, because inevitably you do, like, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, you're going to, like, you just, you are, you're human. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what happens is then you tend to overeat it and you eat a lot of it. And then that spirals into a lot of guilt and shame. And you probably just don't feel very good because you when you eat a lot of certain foods you don't feel good but it, that is coming from that restriction and that black and white mentality of like that well if i'm not going to or if i am going to eat this then i'm going to eat all of the things right now or today and then start over tomorrow and that's not the way that we want to approach making decisions around food right it's almost like you think when that happens, like let's say it's pizza, you know, you're like, see, this is why I can't eat pizza because I can't trust myself. Like whenever I eat pizza, I eat, you know, so many slices, I make myself sick. When in reality, when you get to a place where you've had that unconditional permission to eat food like pizza whenever you want, then you're at a place where you can have the right amount of slices to make you feel full, satisfied, happy, hit the spot, and move on from the craving. So I really think when it comes to making quote-unquote better choices around food, the number one thing you have to do is go through this period where you're eating anything and everything and you're exper- you're going to have those periods of overeating because at the beginning – 
of this journey, you have been restricting food. So yeah, the first time you eat pizza or ice cream or hot biscuits from the oven, you're going to be like, holy cow, I haven't eaten these in forever. This is delicious. And you're going to overeat. But it's realizing that you need to get through that barrier in order to find this place where you have this body food congruence. So having that unconditional permission to eat. Now, I think, and I kind of want to dive into like, let's say you're you're like, okay, I have the unconditional permission to eat. Like I've, I'm working on that. I'm getting that down. Like how is it possible I'm never – like how am, is it possible I'm ever going to like not want to just eat pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Like how am I ever going to move past this? And I think it's important to remember like you are – smarter than you're giving yourself credit for. Like you probably like feeling good. And if you're overeating or eating a certain food over and over and over again, your body is going to notice this is not leading to me feeling like optimally good in my body. Yeah. And not only that, I can almost guarantee it, like you will get sick of it. Like whatever it is, you will get sick of it. You'll be like, I've had enough pizza. I don't care if you're you're sitting there like, I don't believe you. No, no, no. That will happen. Every single one of my clients has gone through a phase like this where they do – like they eat a lot of it and then they're like, I was actually sick of it. And when you realize that you get sick of it, there's actually power in that because then you – realize that, yeah, you're smarter than you think. Like you're not giving your body and you're not giving yourself enough credit because you've been taught to not trust yourself. And you've been taught not to trust yourself around food and to make decisions around food. Like, so I think the biggest thing is realizing that like you can actually trust yourself to make these decisions around food. You don't need all these external like people telling you what to eat. You don't need to weigh your food. You don't need to measure it. You don't need a meal plan. You don't need, you know, a list of like, this is what you should eat. Like you can trust yourself to make these decisions. And when you do trust yourself, that's where you actually end up feeling the best around food. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's worth mentioning like there's a beginning part of this process and then it changes because I think sometimes in the beginning it is really helpful to have a dietitian and I'm not trying to like plug Susan to me right like I'm just being totally real with you like having a dietitian to be like you need to eat more like you need you need to make sure you're eating even though you don't feel hungry cuz in the beginning you might be like Susan said you have spent so many years disconnecting from your body and distrusting your body that you are going to be like confused maybe potentially interpreting those signals but then once we get past that beginning part where your body is now working the way nature intended your body to work and you can listen to your cravings and then honor them and you can feel your fullness signals kick in it becomes really easy. It's easy at this point to just be like, hey, I notice how different foods make me feel. I notice how setting up my plate so I have more protein on it, it keeps me fuller longer, which is really helpful for me because as a runner, I get hungry really often. (laughs) So it's really important I have protein on my plate and fat on my plate to help me stay fuller longer. But like, it seems like this really like, oh, teach me the ways. And it really does become intuitive when you're paying attention to how certain meals make you feel. Do you have any, this is like a really random question. And uh, like, do you have any foods that are like a quote unquote health food that actually don't make you feel good in your body when you eat them? 
Oh, that's like a really good question. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, gosh. Well, I can tell you that I had an experience. So I went through this phase, you know, with fiber. <laughs> uh, this was like pre-intuitive eating, but um, where I was like, I need to eat more fiber. And so I feel like fiber one bars were like all the rave. And I and, and now, like, I think about it and it kind of makes – ugh. But those do, like, not make me feel good. Um, And that's, like, a health food that, like, uh, yeah, did not make me feel good. And I can't believe that I ate that for, like, years. Yeah. I used to eat all those, like, super high fiber bars. Like, the Trader Joe's version, Quest bars. I ate so many Quest bars. Oh, my goodness. Um, But, like, the, the reason I was just popping that is, like – because I always tell my clients almonds are like considered a superfood and they're so freaking healthy for you. But I know for my personal body, if I eat too many almonds, I get constipated. So like the reason I always say that is I think we're really quick to be like, oh yeah, brownies make me sick. And it's well, if you had one brownie, does it act and you dipped it in some milk, does it actually make you sick? Right? It's like probably not. But it's really just kind of learning how to have this kind of like equal playing food, like equal playing field where it can be almonds, it can be broccoli, it can be Nutella, like really learning the nuances of your body of like which foods make you feel good and bad. And then I, I also think then that spills into this other point where like these diet foods that we're choosing, like fiber one bars and high fiber, low calorie tortillas, like do they actually keep you full? Like, do they actually hit the spot? Like, do you actually like the way they make your belly feel? Like those high fiber products, like especially as a runner, like so many issues with like GI distress when working out, like totally not worth it now that I'm like in a better frame of mind with food. Yeah. You know what that makes me think of? Makes me think of low fat, or like non-fat, like salad dressings and yogurt. Disgusting. Like, I, it, like not having the fat. Okay, can I, I just need to say this for a second. But like not having the fat component inside of those foods actually means like you absorb less of like the vitamins and minerals that are in not only like the dressing, but also in like whatever food. So like if you're having a salad – and you're choosing to put like fat-free salad dressing on it, like your body's actually absorbing less of the vitamins and minerals because the fat is necessary for absorption and utilization of certain vitamins and minerals. Like, and not only that, but like it just doesn't taste as good and it doesn't keep you as satisfied as long. I'm going to tell a like really quick story about this. <laughs> So funny story. My mom was seriously just asking me yesterday, what do I put in smoothies if I'm not going to put protein powder in? I was like, I never put protein powder in smoothies. I was like, personally, I think protein powder is gross. Like, I, it, it like, ugh. maybe you just have to find the right one, but whatever. I'm like, I don't, I don't need protein powder. I, I don't. Um, I mean, if I was having something where I really needed it, yes, I would have it. And I was like, well, you could just put like, you know, Greek yogurt and milk. Like that's what I make my smoothie smoothies with. Like Greek yogurt and milk. And she was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, however, I'm like, I use whole milk 
like whole milk and I use full fat yogurt. I said, so when I make my stuff, I'm getting fat and protein and that is going to fill me up. I'm like, you, however, do not. <laughs> and so I was like, like, that is the power in like choosing something that has fat and protein in it is it's going to help to fill you up. But like you don't need all those fancy like protein powders and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's so funny because like your mom – and not that I know like anything about your mom's relationship with smoothies or food, but like, you know, if your mom's like, hey, like then my smoothie keeps me full for like an hour or less, you know, again, that's our body trying to talk to us and be like, hey, you didn't eat enough at that meal. Like, hey, that meal did not work for you. But instead of us being like, huh, hey, next time I make my smoothie, I think I need to add more calories. I need to add more fat. I need to add more protein. We're kind of like, oh, dang, wow, like I'm hungry again in an hour. Let me chew some gum, drink some coffee and like pray to God while I wait four hours to be able to eat again, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's like this very confusing um, like way of learning nutrition because for so long we were taught, you know, eat – like this is why Susan and I are so opposed to meal plans is because I could write a meal plan and I could write a Greek yogurt, full fat, milk, delicious smoothie that would hit the spot for me. But if you're sitting over there and you're like, I hate um, I hate chocolate, like this chocolate smoothie sounds disgusting, like then that's not going to work for you, right? Or maybe you went running that day and you needed extra like oats and bananas in your smoothie because you needed more carbs. Like I don't know that right? Or even if I do know that, maybe you're not in the mood for a smoothie. You want something savory and chewy. Like this is why it's so important for us to realize like our body is way smarter than like, you know, a meal plan or like, you know, Paleo Pete's meal plan he posts on Instagram. Like, but your mom can trust her intuition. If it's like, I'm hungry in an hour. Well, okay. Then the smoothie needs to change. The food needs to change. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, it's just so interesting. Like, the power that you have when you start to listen to your body and you learn the stuff about like nutrition and like learn like and what we're talking about here is very much the like gentle nutrition. So this is stuff that like once we kind of work through that initial phase that we were talking about earlier where you maybe are eating more fun foods, like once we work through that and then we start talking about like just general things about nutrition that help you learn more about your body. Like knowing that eating more fat and protein is going to help to fill you up. Like, especially for me, it's especially fat. Like having like, I need to have fat with something because like you get more bang for your buck with fat and it does fill you up. And again, like I said before, it has lots of other benefits too, like for your health. And so like learning like what's actually true about nutrition gives you a lot of power back too, because then you can learn, you kind of know, like you have this overarching principle and then you look inwards to your body and you take that and you apply it to your body and figure out what works best for you. And that's ultimately like the best way to make decisions around food. Yeah. I love that. So like, I think to recap, it's like step one, make peace with food, do the really hard and annoying work of like eating anything, everything, with unconditional permission. And then once you truly have given your body that ability, you start to pick up on those interoceptive, you know, um, skills of like listening to your body, listening to what fullness feels like, listening to what hunger feels like, listening to what good energy, stable energy feels like. And then you can take 
the gentle nutrition practices. So basically not taking nutrition and making it like this obsessive thing you are like freaking out about constantly, but just paying attention to, hey, did I notice when I had more protein on my plate, I felt fuller longer? Okay, cool. Let me keep doing that. I like feeling good. I like feeling fuller longer. So literally like I think when we teach nutrition, when we teach blood sugar stabilities, when we teach sports nutrition, whatever it is, it's like it's not just like do this Serena told you to. It's like, hey, did you notice when you added more fat to your smoothie, you felt fuller longer? Oh, you liked that? Okay, cool. Why don't you keep doing that? It's literally like me asking you because you're the expert of your body. Like, how did that feel? Oh, it felt good? Okay, cool. Let's do that. I had this one client once. We added more fat to her food and she was like, actually, that makes me really nauseous. Like, I don't like that. And I was like, okay, cool. Why don't you try adding less fat? And that worked for her right? Like she is the expert of her body. Like we're empowering you to make peace with food, learn how to talk to your body, and then become the expert of your body by making choices that make you feel good in your skin. And that is how you make the best decision for you around food. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.